Hello and welcome to That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthier, and more productive. My name is Jeff Young, Director of Camps for Music for All, and my co-host is Bobby Lambert, Director of Bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Our guest today is Matt Black, and we'll get to him in just a moment. Before we begin, this podcast is coming to you ad-free. All that we ask is that you support us by going to our website, dynamicmarching.com, and sign up for any of our awesome videos or courses, but also we have products, shoes, megavoxes, podiums, all that good stuff, and we've got great prices. Let us know what you need, and uh, big orders, and we got you covered. All right, so we're going to get started. Today, I'm talking with Matthew Black, Associate Director of Bands at Carmel High School in Carmel, Indiana. And we're going to talk about making time. Good afternoon, Matt. How are we doing? Good to be here. I'm really excited about today's podcast. Bobby is actually at a gymnastics meet with one of his daughters and, and is not going to be with us today. But Matt's put a lot of preparation into this. And for those of you who don't know Matt, I've worked with Matt and been friends with Matt for a long time. He was in my wedding and he's just an all around great guy. And what we're going to be talking about today is really important to Matt. And, and I'll let him tell you a little bit of background about why we're talking about making time. So my goal with presenting this to you is is to help put systems in your life that is going to free you of some of the time that is consumed, that is wasted to death scrolling on your phones, um, stress that pops up in the middle of the day when you receive that email um, that isn't urgent but feels urgent in the moment and just takes your mind off of the thing that it needs to be focused on. Um, Hopefully by the end of this, you have a, a more relaxed day and uh, more time on your hands. So what is it that, that made you help, like, uh, made you decide to seek out these systems that we're going to be talking about today? So I have attention deficit disorder, and I'm, I'm very uh, forthright with that with my students, and I talk to them a lot about it, especially my students that have ADHD. I, I try and help them with systems on their own, but... Um, I had a daughter a year and a half ago. My wife and I had Julia, who's just the sweetest little kid ever. And over Christmas break this year, I had a good amount of time to spend with her. And I found myself on one Saturday where I'd spent about three hours with her. And, and I was sitting in her playroom looking at my phone, and I realized that I had wasted about three hours of time. And that really bothered me. And I realized there was something that I needed to do uh, in terms of putting a system in place that was going to keep me from accidentally burying my face in my phone whenever I was trying to spend time with my daughter. Um, the truth is, you know, a 15-month-old is, is really cute and smiley, but um, playing with a 15-year-old for a person with ADHD is, is kind of boring. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's hard to stay focused and, and, and give them the attention and the nurturing that they need when your brain is trained to get dopamine from your phone, from Amazon, from Facebook, from texting your friends, whatever that might be. Um, and so I had to put some constraints on myself to make sure that I was able to focus on, you know, Julia. So I bet a lot of people who don't have ADHD can relate to what you're saying. I mean, I, I don't, I don't feel like I do have ADHD, but I do remember a time when my kids were younger, uh, sitting on, on the back porch, reading a magazine. I don't even know if those exist anymore, but <laughs> I was reading a magazine and, and Connor just walked up and grabbed it and like threw it on the floor. And he was like, 
pay attention to me now, not yeah. that magazine. And I yeah. was like, but I really just want a minute to read, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So, um, I, I have a few systems that I use and, and like I started using monday.com. I'm not really thrilled with it, to be honest. Um, it's it, at, at my, at my job, a lot of people use monday.com, but some other people use, uh, you know, some Microsoft products and some other people use this or that. So, um, I'm not really in love with it. It's one way where I can organize my thoughts and my to-do lists and stuff, but I know you've got some great ideas for everybody. So, um, in what ways is technology like sucking energy from people and, and how have you found to combat that? I think the biggest one that we need to consider is just dopamine. Um, there are a few books out there that, that talk about how much dopamine we receive now, um, with kids looking at TikTok, getting a shot of dopamine every seven to 11 seconds. We've never experienced this before in our lives. And I truly believe that cell phones are the new cigarette. I think we're getting more dopamine than we ever have before. And that becomes a natural reaction we don't have control over. It's a, a, a body response to wanting more dopamine in the moment and our reward systems like we're, we're mice in a test. And so I think that the social media and the shopping is a big one. But more than that, you know, those are just the fun things. For me, I, I know it's, it's the stressful things. So let's say I get an urgent text from a client that needs something um, and I'm with my family at dinner. Um, since I have ADD, one of two things is going to happen in that moment. Either I'm going to forget about it entirely or I'm going to have anxiety and feel like if I don't do this thing right now, it's going to fall out of my brain. So I have to do it right now. Um, so that sucks energy. And then that just ruins the moment for the family. And for me, you know, I'm not enjoying dinner. And even if I'm pretending to be there and focused on the family, they know my mind is somewhere else. And so those have been the two biggest ones for me. A lot of people have, you know, their day job and then they go home and they're, you know, a family man or a family woman and whatnot. But there's also a lot of us and, and in that band life, there are probably, probably a lot of our listeners that they don't just go to school and then come home. You know, that, that band life is very complicated. You know, some people say you need to almost be like a CEO level business person to run a band program. Right. Well, you know, I, whenever I was, um, 22 years old and I was about to go off to my first summer of teaching drum corps, I ran into Richard Saucedo and I knew that he had books that he gave students at colleges that he went and spoke. And I asked him, you know, give me a few books to read. And so he had like an email or document or something that had 10 books on it. And every one of them was a business book. Not a single one of those books was about band. It was all on management and leadership. And I read all of them. And, and you're exactly right. It's, it's trying to manage all of these other pieces. And our schedules are always changing, especially this time of year. You know, I was at the, the Winter Guard show yesterday at Brownsburg where you were judging. And I ran into Chris Paulson and Chris Catholic. And one of the things we were talking about is how we're not necessarily really busy this time of year, like marching season, but it's so unpredictable. You know, it's a Tuesday night this day and it's a Friday night this day. And so trying to get a circadian rhythm going is really hard. Yeah, at least during marching season, you're just busy all the time. And you can plan ahead, you know, you can kind of organize your life around that. So yeah, I know that you do a lot of th what sorts of things do you do outside of teaching that bring you the most joy? 
So outside of teaching and, well, spending time with family is number one. You know, I, I love my wife, Amy, and, and my daughter, Julia, and, and any time I get to spend with them is, you know, if I could do that as a job, I would do that. But um, outside of that, I'm definitely creative-minded. I love um, creating soundscapes and percussion design for marching band shows. Um, I do that kind of, I guess you could call it a side hustle, but honestly, it's kind of half my life at this point. Um, I do sound for the Cavaliers in the summer and I do their sound design. Uh, I help with some sound stuff at Rhythm X. And then I have a a handful of uh, groups that I'm lucky enough to get to travel and work with and do sound design for and and percussion design for. And so that's a lot to manage. You know, it, it sounds like you know, I write marching band shows. That's what it says on my tax form. But in reality, I'm, I'm managing about 20 to 30 different people at any given time with different emails and different Google Drive versus Dropbox versus this versus that. And so trying to get all that balanced has been um, actually energizing. Like now that I've gotten all that worked out, knowing and watching my system work, I can feel the time come back. And when I feel that, it's re-energizing because um, it makes more time for the family and that sort of thing. So you do actually have enough hours in the day to be a good husband and a good dad and a good teacher and a good at your side hustle, so to speak. It's just sometimes we don't feel like we have enough hours in the day because we fill it with other junk. Yes. Um, if you don't know that your phones, and we'll talk about this in a moment, have a feature called screen time, um, you can actually turn it on and see how much time you're spending on specific websites and specific apps, and it will upset you. You'll see that, you know, I just need two more hours of sleep, and you'll find out you had spent three hours on Facebook that day just kicking yourself. You know? Dope. <laughs> yeah. I noticed this a lot, uh, and this is a weird, a weird place to notice it. But during the last presidential election, when the lines were really long, I noticed that everyone in line was just on their phones. Yep. A hundred percent. Not and talking to people. When not... you're at the airport. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, I muted myself there. All right. So let's, let's dive into this. We're going to talk about 10 things. Okay. These are 10 ways in which technology uh, can actually help you to, to kind of get back hours in your day, get back that energy. That's a system to help you focus and guide your day. And I think anybody in that band life is going to really appreciate this. What's your first one? Um, before I get started, the first thing that I should tell you is that this is a leave, living, breathing system that is adapted and changing. Like you could come back and talk to me in six months and it'll probably be a little different. Um, but this is where it's at right now. Um, there's a few quotes here. Um, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. That's from James Clear from the book Atomic Habits. That's a really good one. Um, the next one is saying no to something is saying yes to something else. That's Derek Sivers, Anything You Want. Thanks, Kevin Shaw, for that book. Incredible. Um, the next one um, is you're not striving for work-life balance. You're striving for a work-life mosaic. And the idea is that work-life balance tries to uh, insinuate that there is a balancing point. You're never going to find balance between the two. But if you think of it as a mosaic and needing to add to or take away, it's much more manageable and achievable. And then the the balance part of that kind of makes it seem like you, if you just add more family time, it'll balance out if you add more work time. Not that simple. 
Uh, and then the last one before I dive in is uh, you are what you consume. And that applies just as much to information as it does nutrition. Uh, that's from Tiago Forte, and he uh, created Building the Second Brain. So those are great. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll just use that as a primer for the system as I dive in. Um, Jeff, you and I were talking earlier about, you know, you aren't sure about this specific app or that specific app. Hopefully, as, as I talk you through the system, it becomes less about the app and more about the system. There's a million different email clients. There's a million different note-taking apps. There's a million different calendars. It's much less about the specific app, and it's much more about you creating a system that works for you and adjusting as you need to. Uh, There's no specific app that's perfect for everybody. And so whatever works for you is totally fine. All right. So your first tip, what's your first tip here? All notifications other than my spouse and my direct superiors are turned off. Uh, That being said, uh, I still receive those things from all those people, but Uh, they're not going to alert me in the moment. Instead, I have to check them myself. And that keeps you from going into lizard brain when you're, you're engaged with somebody else and you're immediately distracted and then you're pulled out of whatever your environment you're in in the moment. I, I also use this. I do. I don't have any of those little red numbers on any of my apps because I get to choose when I go see if there's an email and especially social media. Nobody has the right to interfere with my day with some meme. Yes. And that's the thing is, um, People have access to you in a way they never have before, and you need to protect that. You need to protect your time and your attention. And you don't have to get back to everyone. No, no. That's, and, a, that's something I had to learn over time. Yeah, and, and um, there's actually an email day a year. There's one day a year. I don't remember what the date is, but that you're, you get a free pass to respond to any email and no one's allowed to give you any hatred for responding late. So you can respond to that nine month old email you were supposed to. It's funny. Um, I'm going to be talking a lot in terms of Apple products, just because that's the ecosystem that I'm in. But if you Google any of the the topics that I'm bringing up, there are um, alternatives on the Android side for almost all this stuff. So um, if you are an Apple user, you can go to turn those notifications off. You can go into settings, notifications, notification style, and then you want to turn banners, sounds, and banners off for everything that you would like. You can actually go into each specific app And you can even turn um, search off on your phone. So say, um, well, I want to limit how much time I'm on Facebook. You can actually set it in the settings to where if you search for face, Facebook won't pop up for you. So I did not know that. Yeah, it's it's, you can protect your phone from yourself. It's great. I think I I kind of um, I came to this on vacation one time. You know, like I knew it was there. I knew I could turn these things off, but right. I was like, yeah, it's no big deal. It's just my phone. Right. But I, you know, you think about like the rat in the maze where they, they touch the button and they get a piece of food and then they'll touch it until they're obese. Yeah. They'll just keep touching it. Right. But you know, I, I realized coming back from, from vacation one time, I was like, I don't really need that button to push. I'll go look for Facebook messages if I need to, but really, you know, people who I really want to get a hold of me can just call me or text right. me. Right. 
Um, and that, that does bring up a good point as we're talking about changing the settings. You know, I knew these settings were there, but I never did it. Um, a consideration is, as I give you all this, you're going to sit there and think to yourself, like, this is like 10 hours of work. Um, and the truth is, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it is a lot of work to get set up, but you're going to gain that time back. And I'll tell you, let me tell you when I set all this up pet band games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, like if you find yourself in a lull where you're just sitting there and you would have spent time desk scrolling on Facebook, work on your system. You know, you have the time to, to carve that out and you'll get all that time back out. Next one is inbox zero, huh? Yeah. Um, so there's an article by Tiago Forte, which I, I quoted in a little bit earlier. He, he made building the second brain and the concept is this your inbox has zero emails in it because you have responded to everything. And, and with his system, you can respond to all emails in 15 minutes or less in your day. Really? Which sounds unachievable. I don't believe that. I know. And um, if you go look at the article, it's on Medium, and, and the system is brilliant. And I, I implemented it myself. And there's an adjustment period where you lose an email, lose an email there, but you you modify and tweak as you need to. Um, essentially, it's this. Uh, you start by setting up your Gmail or Outlook or whatever, and you turn all of the smart filters off. So let's say they've got one for promotions and one for blogs and one for advertising. You turn all of those off, which seems counterintuitive. Really? <laughs> The reason being, you're going to create those filters yourself so that you have okay. a little more control. So the next thing that you're going to do is set up what's called email rules. And every email client has this. Uh, basically, what it is is a filter that allows you to filter for certain words, uh, which sounds like, okay, that's fine, but what would I filter for? Unsubscribe opt in, opt out. You know, the emails that the classic marketing things have, you can block all of those immediately. Um, and let's say you're afraid like, yeah, but what if my eye doctor emails me and that's in the bot? Well, you can create a separate folder called unsubscribe. And instead of it automatically deleting the message, it moves it into that unsubscribe folder. So you're not deleting the email, it's just never going to hit your inbox for you to see. And if someone reaches out to you and says, you know, did you get my email about X, Y, or Z, you can always pop back in there and search and it'll show up in your searches. So you're not deleting it forever. Um, I, I unsubscribe like, yes, immediately. Like so I just bought some problem. jeans from Levi's the other day and I'm already unsubscribed, right? Even if they're going to send me 20% off, I don't care. So here's the problem with that. And I deal with this with um, Amy because she loves Target, Target. It's our favorite restaurant or our, our favorite grocery store. Um, every time we go there to buy anything, they start sending us emails again. So how many times have you bought from a website you've already unsubscribed from seven times? If you set this website or this, this web filter up, uh, even if they send you emails down the road, you're never going to see them. Um, I bet everybody who's listening to this knows you can do that and yeah. they know they should do that. Yeah. And they're annoyed when they get the emails, yep. but they just don't. Yep. Well, it's, it's just, you get used to it. You know, you're on autopilot in your day and you don't even think about just swiping to delete and it's so fast, but that's a decision you had to make that day. Like picking out what clothing you wear. It's still a decision you have to make. Um, my advice with this in terms of the tech nitty gritty is you need to do this at the web level, not in your app. So let's say you use iCloud 
instead of you using the mail app on your computer, you want to log into iCloud on a browser and do the rules from there. It's, it's under the settings icon and it's the same thing for Outlook. And the reason being is that's gonna automatically activate these rules to all your devices. If you do it on the device level instead, the email will reach your device and then the app will decide whether you should read it or not. If you do it on the browser side, it won't even reach you, so. Cool, that's good advice. Um, there's now, a couple, when, sorry, When you say ahead. inbox zero, do you mean, um, you've read them all or like when you look at your inbox, it, it's a blank white space. So whenever I say inbox zero, it means that I am not leaving emails in my inbox to get back to later. Instead, they've been organized and moved into a folder. Uh, and I'll talk to you in a second about a couple different options for folders where uh, simply put, if you can respond within two minutes, you're going to respond immediately. If you can't respond within two minutes, you're going to create a folder that's called end of day. And you're going to move the email into that folder. And then at the end of the day, you're going to revisit those emails. What ends up happening is 90% of the time, whatever problem that person had has worked itself out. And if it hasn't worked itself out, at the end of the day, it's not going to fluster you. You're not going to go into lizard brain trying to respond to this email frantically. Now you've you know, finished all the other tasks in your day and you can relax for that email, you're going to give a better response. And that also allows you to keep working on whatever it was you were doing when that email came in and you heard the ding and, and then you're not tempted to go around what you yes. were doing and then finish that and then go back to what you're doing, which kills all creativity. A hundred percent. Absolutely. So then the other folder that I would make is end of week. And so then the end of the week is scheduling for next week. Somebody sent you the marching band calendar for next season that you need to review. Um, and that end of week, you can review at any time during the week that you have free time. But at the end of the week, it's got a time bomb. And if you haven't finished whatever you needed to do with that, then you need to move the email to your archive so that it's not something that's on your chest anymore. It's not a to-do anymore. That's great. So the third thing here is iPhone focus modes or whatever kind of phone you have. And I only use one of these and it's called sleep. So I want to hear about some other ones. Um, my phone at, I, I typically go to bed at 11 or so. Uh, Danny and I like to watch Bake Off. <laughs> but we're out of <laughs> Bake Off episodes as of yesterday. Oh so, no. Uh, but anyway, well, so if I go to bed at 11, my phone knows every night at 10 to go into sleep mode. I don't get any notifications whatsoever, unless it's my parents or my right. kids or, or Danny. And um, so what are the other ones that you use? So focus modes go much deeper as of iOS 16. And, and the most recent Android update does too. I, I researched that before we did this just to make sure I wasn't given wrong information. But um, you can actually, with your focus modes, change what home screens that you see. So what that means is, let's say when you're at work and you're a band director, I only want to see Tonal Energy, Fourscore, Dropbox, my task list, my fingering charts app, and my lesson plans. Whenever you set up your, um, your focus mode for work, you can then limit yourself from seeing the Amazon app, the Facebook app, the Instagram, and it'll just pop up automatically. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that scares me a little bit. <laughs> 
it's, it's, so you have one called rehearsal mode or right. teaching mode. Right. What are some other modes that you that you lean on? So I, like you, I have a sleeping mode, but I've, I've set up a couple other things with that sleeping mode. So I have wind down mode. And what wind down mode is, is that hour before I'm trying to go to bed, I'm terrible about... Um, getting into the headspace to fall asleep and then I end up excited and energized about something and then I lay in bed for an hour and I lost an hour of sleep. Um, and so what I do is I actually, there's a, an app on iPhone called Shortcuts where you can create a, a, basically a, a task that happens automatically and you can make your phone do anything. And you can set it by location, you can set it by time, you can set it by another action that you've done and so I have mine set up at 9.30 p.m. every day. My cellular and my Wi-Fi shut off. And so I will not receive any text messages. I can't browse the internet. I can't buy something on Amazon. Um, now, the thing to note with that is you can still receive phone calls. So if somebody needs to call me in an emergency, I can still receive those. Uh, Nobody so, does that anymore but anyway. But no one's going to do that anyways. Um <laughs> The other- I remember my kids are in college now, but when they were in high school, I remember one of them had a, like a homework thing. And I was like, well, you know, your buddies in, in your class, just call them. Yeah. And they're like, call. call? I didn't why, even know my phone could. Why do would that. I do that? <laughs> the only person I talk on the phone with is you, dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and so let's talk about sleep mode in terms of the home screen that I see. So uh, a lot of people don't realize in the newest update, you can have app icons on multiple home screen pages. So you can have um, your Facebook icon on three different home pages and then decide which of those home pages you see in a night. And so it's not like, oh, well, I have to leave this home page up. So what I have set up for my sleep mode is the apps that are going to motivate me to go to sleep. So I have a meditation app that I use that's Headspace. that's free for all teachers that I really recommend. It's, it's, it's not um, necessarily, you know, just a yoga thing. It, it is honestly peaceful, you know, wind sounds as you're trying to go to sleep. That's really helpful. Um, I love that app. Oh, it's so Ever good. since I left classroom teaching, I missed the fact that I got it for free. <laughs> we'll, we'll secretly share logins later. We won't tell anybody. <laughs> um, I also use the Kindle app. I've been trying to, to Kindle more instead of listening to Audible books just because whenever I'm getting ready to go to bed, it's, it's quieter. You know, it's, it actually makes me want to fall asleep. Um, Is that on an actual Kindle or on your iPad? So I have it on my iPad. I have it on my phone, but I've actually switched to a paper white. I find yeah. that and when there's I'm going a scientific to bed, reason why blue light keeps you awake. Yeah. And so I use a Kindle white and I have the, the color set all the way to yellow. I'm that kind of nerd and it works, man. You can ask Amy. Yeah. I also only read fiction when I'm going to bed right now. I'm reading. Um, oh gosh. What am I reading? Hail Mary. Uh, the Andy wire. It's really good. But with the nonfiction, I'm not uh, engaged in a way that it keeps me awake. It's just kind of like fantasy and enjoyable. So I just bought a paper white last year too. And, and as I was buying it, I was like, am I going back? Cause I have a nice iPad and I've got a computer that I could take to bed. It's, you know, it's a laptop or whatever. I was like, why am I spending 79 bucks on this paper white? Right. And the reason is because of the science behind, you know, the blue light and, and, and it, it really does make a difference. Now, most of what I read is audiobooks these days, but you know, 
it's funny that we pay for the feature, which the feature is not having features. <laughs> you exactly. Know, I almost want a flip phone at this point and would probably pay more just so that I'm not distracted by, you know, all yeah, the and, other apps. And Apple, if you're listening, you know, the iPhone 17 should have a anti-blue light mode or something. Yes, absolutely. Um, going into more of the modes, let's talk about exercise mode. So when I wake up every day, um, we'll talk about this next during routines, uh, which is kind of my fourth bullet point. But every day when I wake up at 6 a.m., my phone is in exercise mode. And so when I get up, all I see are my exercise apps and music and YouTube. And uh, I actually lesson plan while I'm, I'm walking on the treadmill in the morning. And so I see my lesson plans and my calendar and my reminders and um, I can't see Facebook. And so when I get up, I'm kind of extra motivated to go and get on the treadmill because, you know, my device isn't stealing my attention away in that moment. I I have a really weird um, morning routine. I don't like to work out right away in the morning. And, and now that I don't teach full time, I, I ran, I rarely ever get up that early. <laughs> I wouldn't honest. either. I wouldn't but, either. Um, the other day I, I went against my routine and I, I looked at my work email before I did my routine, which is Wim Hof breathing. Um, I, I take a cold shower. I do Wim Hof breathing. I make, uh, an egg sandwich, uh, with this morning star, you know, meat free sausage that I love. And I read the paper and then I start my day. Yeah. But that particular day I rolled over, I checked my sleep score <laughs> and I used the sleep. Um, what is it called? Um, off to come up with the name of that app later, but the sleep app that I use tracks yeah. and I was like, Oh, hundred sleep score. Cool. And then I opened my work email and yep. it, there was one email that completely derailed, derailed me. You. And then that was it. That just ruined my day. Yeah. It's a total bummer. Um, it's amazing what planning, there's two major changes to my life that I've made recently that have been game changers that I think I'll do for the rest of my life. And one is planning my day before my day, blocking my day out. Um, we'll talk more about that in a sec, but the other one is keeping my sleep schedule the same during the weekend as it is during the week. That's hard. I know, but I've committed and now I'm just getting up earlier. So like today it, we're talking on a Sunday and we were going to church this morning and I woke up naturally at 6 a.m. and wife and baby are still asleep and I got two hours of riding in this morning. Killer. And then they got up and I'd already walked on the treadmill. I'd already written for two hours and, you know, I'm not fighting for time. I'm not sleepy, you know, waking up at the last minute to go to church. I'm ready to go, but I'm going to bed earlier. So that's the trade-off is you can't. My issue is that I trade sleep for more time and I have to stop doing that health wise. That's my next thing. So yeah, that's good advice. So our, our next thing, and we're on number four, um, and this is called routines and you're not just talking about like, what's your routine, right? right. This is an actual iPhone term. Yes. So, uh, routines, essentially, if you go into your Apple shortcuts app and you can do that simply on any screen that you're on, if you pull the home screen down and you use the search bar, search for shortcuts. Um, and in there you'll see something in the middle at the bottom called, uh, routines. And what this allows you to do, they have a couple built in just to show you that, that it's there, but like your phone turning on to driving mode automatically is a routine. Um, but you can create your own routine. So as I was talking to you a moment ago about like whenever I go to bed, it automatically turns the cellular service off and the Wi-Fi off. 
that's in a routine that I have set up. I also in that routine have three alarms that set themselves automatically so that I don't have to remember to set my alarm. It just happens every morning at 6, 6.15 and at 6.30. And wait, three alarms? Amy will tell you five. (laughs) (laughs) I've been doing better about that though. Um, But the thing that's so cool about this is you can set different parameters to make these things happen. Like when I arrive at work, when I arrive at home. So one of my other focus modes is personal. And personal is anytime that I get home, I have my social media turned off and I have everybody blocked except for my wife. And I have that set up to be on for two hours. And typically I get home at five and typically Julia goes to bed at seven. And so whenever I get home, I've got two hours where my device isn't gonna bother me. I'm gonna be not distracted and spending time you can do anything with this. You know, if I wanted to come home and, and listen to Billie Jean every time I walked in my house, it can do that. It can automatically play Billie Jean on your Apple TV if you want it to. Um, but as you're thinking about it in terms of setting up different home screens, that's the game changer. It's it's like talking about the dumb phone where you, you wish you had a flip phone. You can set your phone up to be that using these automations and focus modes. So, I'm really missing. I used to get, again, I'm going to talk about a magazine. I'm dating myself. But <laughs> I used to get a magazine called Macworld. Yeah. And Macworld, I miss it because it, you know, it would come in the mail and you would, this is the reason I like physical papers. And I know a lot of people disagree with me, but when I get the wall street journal, Mm -hmm. I read the front page, then the second page, then the third, I read it cover, you know, front to back in the first part. And that makes me learn a lot about a little bit about a lot of different things and same with Macworld. and this tip you're, you're talking about here is something that would have been in a Macworld magazine where they're yeah. like, I know, you know, you didn't know your phone could do this, but yeah. here, check this out. Yeah. Um, I actually set, set up one of these the other day so I can say, Hey Siri, what was my sleep score? Yeah. Well, I one just of looked the... down to see if my phone would hear me, but <laughs> she mine <didn't>. did. <laughs> That's funny. My iPad is blowing up right now. Yeah. Um, I, I actually discovered it watching YouTubers use iPads that were like artists. And so they would have different focus modes set up for different types of creation and art that they wanted to make and be inspired by. So if they were working on video content, they had a video focus mode so that all their video apps popped up automatically. So instead of using home screens, they were now using widgets that showed them more intuitive information because it works for widgets too. You can have home screens that have you know, this set of specific widgets and with this focus mode, this set of specific widgets, and it makes your phone much more usable and much less um, rat pushing the button, as you mentioned. You're not just looking at a million icons on your phone. It's something that you're interfacing with that's actually really useful. So you would kind of expect that kind of an older generation you know, they use their phone for, for talking and texting and maybe a couple other things. But, but the reality is even people who grew up with iPhones don't use them to their full ability. No, no. Uh, Tim Cook, uh, or was it not Tim Cook? Who was before Tim Cook? Jobs. Jobs. Um, I think it was Jobs that limited his kids to an hour of screen, screen time a day. And me hearing that, it was like, oh boy, well, if he's not okay with his kids being on an iPad for more than an hour a day, there must be a reason. And as I dug deeper, I realized that um, it'll get a hold on you if you're not careful. So Absolutely. 
All right. So this next thing is is uh, called screen time, and everybody's heard of that. We've all s- probably looked at our statistics uh, on one app or another. How do you use screen time? So screen time is an interesting one. It starts as a joke where um, it, it serves two purposes. First, it'll show you how your time has been spent on your devices, and it it accumulates if you're on the Mac ecosystem between your phone, your iPad, and your laptop, and so. It's pretty intelligent. It can tell if you were on Facebook on an app or in a browser or wherever you were, and it will add that to the time. Um, The more valuable feature, though, is you can set limits, and you can set a password to those limits that is different than your iPhone password. And so that's great if you've got kids yourself and you want to limit your kid to 45 minutes on TikTok you can set a password that they don't know and on their device after 45 minutes it's not going to let them on unless you've put that password in i use it for myself i'll have my wife you know put your password in here and don't tell me what it is and that will make sure that i can't go in and edit but if i do down the road and i need to then you can put it in so um, make it like an eight digit password yeah and then she loses it like the christmas presents and then i can never go to facebook again but you know that sort of thing is available in screen time and i have that set up so that uh, i have um barriers put in place for facetime and for mine right now are facetime instagram and amazon and youtube so YouTube is this very, very tricky, you don't feel like you're being advertised to, but in reality, um, you know, it, it seems humble at first because you're learning, you're watching tutorials, and it feels like a noble thing, but in reality, a lot of it is still just entertainment. It's the new TV, honestly. Yeah. So. And like uh, movies have always had product placement in them, but... Oh um, you know, YouTube is to the point where people actually say this is not a sponsored video, right? Because the norm is this is a sponsored video. Yeah. Well, they got to pay for their, their, uh, all the advertising that used to happen, you know, kids these days, I can't believe I'm saying that, but kids these days will never know what a 21 minute episode is like, because, you know, when you tell your kids one day, the reason episodes are 22 minutes is because there used to be eight minutes of commercials right. where they were reading all the bad things that were going to happen to you when you took Tylenol. You know, that seems so stupid to them, but they don't realize they're being advertised to all day. Every Instagram photo they look at, every TikTok, everything they watch, there's product placement now. They've gotten so much smarter with that marketing. For sure. We're actually um, using a Neumann mic right now and an audio yeah, technical mic. Yeah, it's a TLM 103. Uh, Man, I wish I was sponsored by those guys. So, you know, if you guys are listening, <laughs> could use another one of these. Yeah, Neumann, uh, you could send me a few more of these yeah. microphones. That would be great. Maybe a brand new road <laughs> podcaster. Yeah. Um, the last thing with that is that uh, if you use Google Chrome, like let's say you're using a school Dell computer that's basically one step above a potato. Um, there are extensions that you can use for Google Chrome that work the exact same way um, that I have limits on Chrome set as well so that I don't just head to the source of dopamine somewhere else. It's good advice. Okay. So planning, I feel like is something that some people feel is a bad word or a annoying word or whatever. I actually like planning. I like to make calendars. I like to make to-do lists. I like to, to plan. So what are we talking about here? Um, well, Bobby Lambert worked at Marian Catholic, uh, before I did. And I worked at Marian Catholic. I student taught with Bobby. 
Um, and one of the things that Bobby Lambert told me right as I got the job was there's going to be a time where Greg hands you the microphone and you're going to be running a rehearsal with no plan and you're going to be able to or you're going to have to be able to just do that job. And so that was really insightful and really helpful. And, and as an assistant to Greg Bim, that was my job. That's what he needed in that moment. His job was to finish the next part of the creative process. And if something wasn't working in the marching band show, I needed to be able to take over at a moment's notice. And so I kind of fell into that where I was just flying by the seat of my pants all the time. And I just didn't plan at that point. And so I've kind of come full circle and I'm coming back now. I'm looking at the places where I'm the weakest in my teaching and I'm compensating for that with planning. Um, Evan Van Dorn, I think, was the one that said this to me at one point in time. He said, um, the thing, the only thing that can overcome wisdom is planning. Mm. It's like, oh, my, I, I'm sure I'm getting that quote wrong, but the, the, the principle is still the same. If, if you don't feel proficient in a certain area or you feel like you don't, you're not showing up for a set, certain class or set of students and you want to do a better job for those kids, plan there. Start there. Don't feel like you have to plan every second of your day, but that's been a big one for me. Students will know right away. Oh my gosh. And it'll go better. Like um, Mike McIntosh used to always say to us, he said, make the mistake in your head before you do it on your drum. When you plan, you find the pitfalls in your lesson plan that would have happened in front of your class. You yeah. find them beforehand. And it's amazing how many of those moments you save. Absolutely. So um, with the, the planning thing, one of the things that I'll, I, I love with the technology is, is batching tasks together. So listening to podcasts while you walk the dog, uh, that's one way that's pretty obvious, but there's some other ones too. Um, so when I'm walking on the treadmill in the morning, I plan my day and I write my lesson plan for jazz band because jazz is my week class. It's my most fun class. We have it first thing in the day. And if I plan, it always goes better for those guys. And so I start by planning that. Um, and then the other thing that you can do uh, that people don't think about a lot is journal by talking to Siri. You know, I, I learned this from the guy that invented bullet journaling. Believe it or not, he does a lot digitally now. And so one thing that he does is he just goes and talks to himself for an hour every day. And he said, I get five nuggets a day. And so for me, what I do is I'm, my daughter's daycare is about 20 minutes to there and 20 minutes back to school. And so I've got some time in the car. My 20 minutes from um, the daycare to the school, I'll journal on the way. And that's kind of my version of the morning notes. If you know the artist's way, I get it all out on the way to work every day. And I can kind of check in with myself and see how I've been doing the last few weeks, just reviewing some of those things. Do you do like a speech to text or do you just sometimes go back and listen or is it really not even about going back over what you what you spoke? So I do use speech to text because some of this is dear diary stuff, but some of it really is me thinking through what didn't work yesterday teaching. Some of it is still planning what am I doing today or, or what's going on that I need to, what problems am I trying to solve? And so I use a voice to text app um, that's called Just Press Record. 
And essentially that transcribes your voice memos to text automatically. There's another one that I, I use now that is called Otter. And that one's a for pay service. It's kind of pricey. It's like $16.99 a month. But the reason that I use that one is I use that in Zoom meetings. You can use that with Zoom. And so I use it for all of my design meetings to transcribe all my design meetings so I can go back and search. That's the biggest key takeaways is you, if you have something that converts voice to text, it then becomes searchable after the fact. What if that existed for marriages? That would be really bad. Oh no. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't say that. Um, actually, uh, actually at minute 19, Siri says you did. Um, the thing that's cool about Otter is it uses AI and it can tell what your speech was. So um, like today I was recording our church sermon and he kept saying pull, P-U-L-L, but it kept picking it up as pool, P-O-O-L. And after it had taken in the information of about a paragraph, it realized like, oh, that word's supposed to be pull. And so that's where that does a better job than something like Siri does. Somebody who has like a slightly different accent or a way yeah. of saying something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so our next one here is turning off targeted ads. Is that just ads from Target or? For my wife. That's I, just I one wish. example. Yeah. <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this. Um, so there are things called tchotchkes. Um there's a book called Your Money, Your Life. And the whole principle of the book, it basically started the FIRE movement, um, financially independent, retire early. And the whole idea is that everybody has a tchotchke that they want to buy. Mine is vinyl records. And, you know, fill in the blank for whatever yours is. Um, you want to turn those advertisements off on Facebook because Facebook will find those immediately. They know exactly what your tchotchkes are. And you should know Facebook can see what you bought on Amazon through cookies. Like, um, your apps can all see through your credit card. Visa talks to these companies, and I don't know the legality of any of that stuff, but there are ways to turn off the um, the actual targeted ads through Facebook, through YouTube, through whatever mediums you're using. And if you end up in a situation that you can, I found that all social media has an option that you can kind of click the three dots where it gives you the options and you just mark it as a sensitive topic. It's designed for things like alcohol or gambling or, or, or things that really would be a sensitive topic. But if you find that there is a specific thing that you don't want to be bothered by, marking it as a sensitive topic will ensure you won't see it again. It's kind of like, um, I bought uh, a Canon video camera a couple of years ago and, and Matt texted me like a month later about this other camera. And I was like, Nope, Nope, not nope, doing it, not hearing it. Nope. I, I committed to this camera <laughs> ecosystem for all my videography for the next five to 10 years. And that's it. It's good self-control. Yeah. I'm proud of you. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I still watch every video that says Canon C70 on YouTube. Uh, the iPhones are getting so good anymore, man. And the AI video editing, honestly, I've sold a lot of my camera stuff. So. Yeah. I, the, the thing that bothers me, and I, not to the point where I'm like a conspiracy theorist, is when, you know, my wife and I will be talking about something. It's not something we talk about every day or every month or every year. Uh, we'll just mention, wouldn't it be great to grow basil at home? And then an hour later, I'm getting ads for, you know, indoor uh, apparatus to grow better 
basil or, yeah. or, or vegetables or whatever inside your house. And I'm just like, this is creepy. Well, the thing that people don't realize is um, all of the devices marketing and advertising wise talk to one another. There's a reason why your flat screen TV is $400 now instead of $2,000. And it's because it's tracking every single thing you watch and then sending those analytics back to Netflix. And so your Alexa probably heard that conversation, registered it on Amazon, and then your other Facebook app saw that. So, you know, you got to be careful with that stuff. Our friend Norrin Catholic uh, is in privacy law, and there are a bunch of devices that you don't see in their house because she knows what's actually happening with those. And so we should probably take note from her. Yeah, probably don't need that Alexa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's so convenient to be able to order detergent like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. So we turn off our targeted ads. Next thing is uh, reminders, checklists. Like what, what do you use for that sort of stuff? Um, so a big one is recurring reminders. So uh, there are lots of different reminders apps. The one that I use is, is Things. It's an app that you can get on iOS, uh, on iPad, and on Mac. Um, and it doesn't really matter what reminder app you use, but setting up something that is recurring so it automatically reminds you at certain intervals. So one example is home cleaning. So once a month, I'm reminded to clean my toilets. Once a month, I'm reminded to dust. Once a month, I'm reminded to do my fridge. So every Sunday, I get a new one of those things. And the thing that's so great about that is at no point are you overwhelmed because you don't feel like you have to do all of it at once. Instead, it's just this kind of digestible task. So that's a big helpful one. Um, it's also weekly checklist things. So budget and meal prepping. And um, I'm terrible at remembering to bring my lunch. Again, that ADHD thing. I will meal prep all Sunday long. Sunday morning, I will leave without my lunches. And so I have a reminder that is set at 7.20 every single Monday morning to grab my lunches and it sets a little alarm off. So that's a big help. That is really helpful. And and just good for relationships too, is it's like, oh, well, all I have to do today is clean the mirrors in the bathroom. Yeah. It's, I don't have to clean the whole house and nobody's going to come at me for, you never do this right. or whatever. Yeah. Well, it was, it was really nice today. Um, we get about two hours a day where Julia will take a nap where we, it's like we try and get it all done in those two hours because Julia is a handful right now in a good way. But, um, and I did the bathrooms. And so I have my Clorox and my Windex and I did the mirrors and I did the toilets. And once Amy was done with her workout that she did during that time, I was able to tell her, I said, I've taken care of everything with bathrooms. All you need to do is put the blue stuff in the toilets because I don't know where that is or how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, amazing. Thank you for doing that. And cool. um, I looked at my watch. It took me 37 minutes. That's great. You know, And I, I know another reminder you have is Rings Chats. We don't have time to talk about it on here, but we really should talk about it on the podcast yes. sometime. Um, it's just a great relationship check-in model. And look it up on the internet if you get a chance. But we will talk about it at some point. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So this next one's going to be really controversial <laughs> and that is leaving your device behind. What do you mean by that? So, uh, I really struggle with not being on my phone if I've got it with me. Um, and it comes from being a freelancer and you know, I've, I'm, I'm a band director, but 
Um, any moment that I'm not with the band, I'm responding to emails or, you know, a lot of my generation has side jobs that they do. And so I kind of feel like I'm responsible in the moment to respond as fast as possible, like a real estate agent. But the truth is nothing is that urgent. Nothing is urgent enough that it needs to pull me away from my family. So I got an Apple watch, um, and I would highly recommend, you know, instead of buying the fanciest model iPhone, buy a model down and buy yourself an Apple watch that has cellular service. That way, um, you can use it for GPS. You can listen to podcasts off of your watch. You can do everything that doesn't have news feeds and death scrolling on your watch make phone calls. So in any, any case of an emergency, whatever excuse you have, you can do on your Apple Watch other than get dopamine from news feeds. I've always wondered this, um, and you're a great person to ask, can you use AirPods with the Apple yes, Watch? Yes, you can. Okay. Yes, you can. Because every time I answer a phone call, when I, I only have the Wi-Fi Apple yeah. Watch, and I answer phone calls, and James Stevens called me the other day, and I'm like holding my wrist up like I'm a mm-hmm. 1970s secret agent or whatever, and it. the sound is horrible, but <laughs> I actually wondered at the time if my AirPods could pick that up. It can. I, I always felt so stupid. I had a Wi-Fi Apple Watch before the cellular one, and it always seemed so stupid. It's like, well, you have an Apple Watch. What a waste. But the real feature of an Apple Watch is that you can leave your phone behind. So anytime I go to dinner, anytime I go to a date, anytime that I'm going downstairs to work, like Wind Symphony One rehearsal, where I'm going to work with uh, somebody else's ensemble, where Mike Pote is running the rehearsal, it's hard to stay engaged because you're not interfacing with the students nonstop. And so what ends up happening is you end up answering an email or responding to a text or whatever. Anytime that I think I might be distracted, I'll leave my phone in my bag and I'll just have my Apple Watch. And you don't feel like uh, separation anxiety at all? Oh, I absolutely do. <laughs> I Every time do. it's like, this is good for me. This is good for me. This is That's my mantra. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm a few years older than you, but I, I remember with nostalgia a time where there there wasn't scrolling you know um it it was different it was different yeah different conversations happen you met new people you experienced different things you were more aware of what's going on around you um a beautiful day you could just enjoy just being outside and i don't think i'm being nostalgic or like that it wasn't true I, i truly believe that before scrolling and and social media it was different way different I think there's there's positives and negatives. You know, I think a lot of people see it as isolating. I think it is isolating from the people you are closest to, but I think it brings you close to people you might not have had connections with otherwise. So there is still value there. And I think that if you limit it and you choose when and how to consume it, it's still a productive tool, but it's a tool. It's not something that should own you. I don't want to talk too specific about it because I don't I don't remember the source or the exact article. But I do remember reading something about how, you know, uh, we're not designed to know 100 people really well. Right. We're designed to know our tribe, which is, you know, 10 to 30. I don't remember what the number was, but it was like we're meant to interact and love and know everything about and be friends and, and, and loved ones of a very small tribe of people. And so what it does end up doing when you have uh, the ability to, you know, connect with everybody you went to high school with and college with and every friend you've had in between, and then the random people who friend request you, 
you know, I, it's, it's not how we were designed to function. So it's no wonder that it's overwhelming. And it feels like being in the eighth grade all over again. Like you're, you're thinking about every single thing you post and do because you think it's being judged and you have to present yourself in the best way possible or, you know, people are going to scrutinize and, and, um, the, the, you ever run into somebody and they're like, your vacation was incredible. Amazing. And I'm like, I haven't talked to you in three years. Yeah. You really, you looked at all those videos. You go to these clinics and they, they'll update you on how you're doing. And it's like, I didn't realize that everybody saw that. Like, you don't really think about it. It's like, that was for mom and dad. Well, all (laughs) they get to see now is photos of my daughter. So yeah, exactly. (laughs) She's a cutie. She is a cutie. She's the best. All right. Last one. Number 10. What's on your not to do list? This is my favorite question that I, I've reflected on recently. I, I heard it a couple years back, and I don't remember where I got it, but um, I think it was Tim Ferriss. Um, and the whole concept is you have a to-do list. You know the things that you should be doing and you want to be doing, but ask yourself, what's on my not to-do list? So I want to not go to Taco Bell this week. Okay. Now I need to look at my systems that I have in place and does my calendar reflect my values? And if it doesn't, how can I, you know, um, how can I adjust this system so that it's really easy to accomplish? Um, If you haven't read Atomic Habits, oh my gosh, it's a game changer. It's by James Clear. Um, And he talks about rules for building a new habit. And there are four easy ones. Um, It's make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, make it satisfying. So that's the cue, the craving, the response, the reward. And you can think of that in terms of vices, or you can think of that in terms of whatever. The example that he gives is the six pack of beer in your fridge. You know, if you have a six pack of beer in your fridge and it's on the top shelf at eye level and you come home from work, you're gonna develop a drinking habit that's not very good. If you put the six pack in your fridge that's in the garage and it's in the bottom shelf behind the stakes and you don't see it every day, chances are you're only going to drink that when it's the Super Bowl and it happens to be the Super Bowl tonight. But Or only put two of them in the fridge. Or only put two of them in the fridge. You know, yeah. that's the example that he gives in the book. But if you think about that from a, a habit that you want to make that's good, um, that's where a lot of these technological things start to really help that we talked about with the focus modes and things. So as you're looking at the what's on my not to do list and you look at all the things that we've been talking about, that's where you start to adapt your system. You know, as you're thinking about what's important to me and where do I want my time and focus to go, just build your system around that. And don't feel like you have to build it all at once. You know, the system doesn't have to be in place complete tomorrow you know take the time today and limit who can contact you via text just do that right now and start with that you know that will gain you a lot of time back immediately we're all about homework on this podcast i think that's great homework is just to encourage you know all five of you who listen to this on a regular basis (laughs) i'm one of those five that's great (laughs) This is more like 600, but you know, <laughs> go out there and, and implement one of these or two of these. Um, give yourself a goal. Matt, this is, I'm going to actually use a lot of this stuff. And, you know, um, I, I really appreciate your time today. And how do people reach you if they're interested in hearing more about this or about your sound design stuff or just, you know, if they want to connect and, and ask you questions? Yeah. 
So I have a website, matthewblackmedia.com, that you can reach out to. Um, there's a contact link that's there that you can email, and it'll go straight to my email inbox that I actually respond to. So. And we're definitely going to put in the show notes a link. Uh, I'll put a PDF up on uh, dynamicmarching.com so you can download this list and and some you know just uh, just a list of all these apps that we talked about and and Matt's contact information. So thanks, Matt, and until next time, guys. This has been that band life, and really appreciate you being here with us. Thanks for having me.